You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Demore, author of two New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 93, should I monitor my kids' grades online? Well, it's the time of year. You're starting to see the grades roll in. Yeah, no, this is the honeymoon's over. The school year is in full effect. Well, not only is the honeymoon over, it's like back to normal school, right? So I feel like y- you can't run and hide anymore in your bedroom, literally. Nope, nope. School is school. And, you know, not everybody's ready for it to be what it used to be. And, and it's, it's a hard time to be in school, no question. Yeah. So we got this letter from a dad who talks about technology and how to deal with it with online grades. I want to read the letter to you. It says, Dear Dr. Damore, I have two teens and have been listening to your podcast since the very beginning. I've taken notes on many episodes and truly appreciate your suggested words and phrases and in the right tone of voice. The real reason for my email is to suggest an episode on how parents and kids can better manage schools' online grading systems. I believe these systems like Schoolology, PowerSchool, and Google Classroom create as much anxiety as social media. Since teens are drawn to the real-time apps and immediately compare marks with their peers, our school counselors confirm that teens check them 10 times a day for the latest test grade and potential negative impact on their GPA. Our schools also strongly encourage families to check them often with no guidance on how often or what to look for. Last year, I told my teens that I would no longer check the system, and we were all so relieved. Our only ask was that they let us know verbally when a grade is slipping toward a C, and they need to brainstorm ways to improve. What do you think of this approach? Are we missing something? With sincere thanks for sharing all your wisdom for free via your podcast and website. Oh, we are just starting to deal, you know, because we've made the transition to middle school. 
so this dad's letter just stood out to me because wow, there's so many great things. And can I, I love that he's already empowering his kids to let them know and come up with a solution. Isn't that great? It is good. And I will tell you, online grading systems are one of the stickiest, trickiest topics in kids in school. I mean, there's so much angst around it, Rena. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a great letter and a huge topic. And I think a lot of parents are in the same boat. So I want to start with the question he's asking. Is he missing something with his approach? I think his approach is great. I love what he said. I love the idea of saying to your kids, you know, he him saying to his kids, like, I'm not checking. And if you think you're slipping towards a C, then you need to get on it, you know, and let us know that that's happening. Now, here's the thing. Not a lot of parents are going to feel comfortable with that approach. So great for him and great for his kids if they're at ease with that, which it sounds like they are. But I also imagine a lot of our listeners are like, whoa, whoa, slipping towards the sea. Like, I don't want it to get that far gone before mm-hmm. I'm aware that it's happening. And so what I want to commend the letter writer on is a very rare ease with letting kids work their grades out over time, figure things out over time. I think so many kids and parents today are on pins and needles and feel like, Everything has to be straight A's all the time, which, of course, is not realistic for every kid. And, of course, certainly not necessary for every kid. But this parent came to a solution in part because this parent's not on the ceiling about grades. Mm. But a lot of parents – and, you know, I don't say this with any judgment. A lot of parents are very anxious about grades because they're thinking about college. They're thinking about scholarships. This is not a small issue. Yeah. So why do you think it is that schools even do this, have this online system where you can find your grades instantly? Do you remember the time when you used to get like midterm reports and then final grades and that was it? Absolutely, right? So your one question is, if this is so angsty for everybody, like why is this even available? And what I can tell you as someone who's worked closely with schools over decades, you know, and decades long before this was going on and then when this started happening, is that what schools will say, and I think this is true, is parents requested this, that it was the parents who wanted more detailed information about their kids' grades as the grades were coming in, that the parents were the ones who felt like they were in the dark too much, or they didn't want to get the information from their kid because they didn't always feel like their kid was telling them the truth. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted a, you know, portal where they could go check and see how their kid was doing and get the information straight from the school. So, I think that context is important because so often we find ourselves, especially around kids in schools and grades and intense stuff and achievement pressures, where everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else, right? Where the parents mm-hmm. are like, school, why do you do this to us? And the school is like, parents, why did you demand this? <laughs> and so I think that it's really helpful to take a huge giant step back and think, okay, the reason this all began is that there were parents who felt like they wanted more information about how their kid was doing in the day-to-day and sometimes the moment-to-moment. And so one question I would have parents ask themselves is, is that you, right? Because if it's you, then this system is one you're going to need to engage. But if you're like, oh, no, no, I don't want to know, or I trust my Mm -hmm. kid, or I'm going to let this, you know, the chips fall, and I'm going to ask to see midterm reports and final grades – you can ignore all this. Like you, there's just because the school is making it available. 
I don't want parents to feel like they're only, and I'm going to use finger quotes, a good parent Mm -hmm. if they avail themselves of the data that the school is making available. The school's making it available because they think parents want it. If you're not that parent, you don't have to look at it. But I feel like it's available there. I, I like I, I need to be the good parent, and and also, I now get a ping every time my son has any sort of exam or test, and it pings me his grade. I, I must have clicked something at the beginning of the Whoa. school year. So every time, and what I'm worried about is like the dad said, if if something goes below a C, every time he were in theory to get something below a C, he'll get that, and he'll know. Wow mom and dad have just been pinged that I've got this, right? So Okay, so let me actually, let's take a minute on this. Okay. okay. Do you want this amount of information? Because he's in the sixth grade, right? Yeah, because I feel like I need to set up proper, um, it's like the tiger mom and me, I need to set up and get him prepared for high school. So he needs to know he's got to do, and he's, he's pretty independent. I don't have to be all over him. He's pretty independent. But I want to know just like the dad said in this letter, if, if it drops below a C, I want to know instantly so we can figure out a plan and deal with it instead of waiting weeks down the road. Okay. And that totally makes sense to me. But here's a question I think really worth revisiting is, do you want to unselect whatever you selected that's giving you that amount of information and say instead to your son, you let me know if you're feeling like a grade is having trouble and might be dropping below a C? Because that's, Rena, that's a ton of information to have. Mm-hmm. And I will say, especially in middle school, is when it's a great time to let kids fall on their faces, right? Oh, I if never thought of in that. In the sixth grade, yeah. Like, say he say he says, yeah, 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 I'll tell you if my grade's bad. You know, if it's, if it's getting below a C, I'll tell you that. And then he doesn't. And then you discover this, which eventually you will, because schools still, still do report out, like, you know, trimester grades or end of semester grades. You want to have, I think, that conversation where you're like, hey, buddy, what happened? Because we had an agreement. I think hashing those hard things out in middle school, which often you are hashing out in middle school, develops a lot of maturity. Mm-hmm. It's often kind of painful. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't work too hard to head that off at the pass. I would give him a chance to thrive on his own. And then if he messes it up, which he might, you still have tons of runway before high school to get that sorted out. And and I am all about independence. I want him to learn independence because I don't want to hover. And quite frankly, as we're all back to you know our lives pre-COVID or trying to get there pretty much, I, I, I just want him to have the bandwidth to deal with it on his own because I don't have time to be spoon feeding. And we're in the sixth grade. So I don't think that I could bring myself to uncheck that box now because- Really? Yeah, because I feel like I want sixth grade. I want it at least for the semester, kind of know where things are going. But then I realize once I know, I don't know that I can walk away now because I kind of right. like knowing to be able to deal you with it. can't know. Yeah. I will say also, Rena, it just feels like a lot of information to have on top of the other information in your day, right? Like the, we as parents are taking in a lot of information. We have jobs. We have stuff we got to do. You know, we have obligations to the other people. Like, do you want that much information? I do. Banging around in your head? Yes, I do. I really want that because I get so much other information in my inbox that whenever this alert shows up, I really pay attention. The only other alert is like the PTA where you owe money or, you know, this is a fundraiser coming up or this is a school event. I would love a ping for that too. But I am friends with PTA moms who help me remember those. But for the kids' grades, I really, really, really want to know. But then I wonder, am I going to be that parent three years down the road who I'm still doing the same thing and they're a junior in high school, which I don't want to be that parent. 
Well, it's interesting, right? Because what you're bringing to this is, at some ways, it feels like a loving, attentive connection with your son. And and you like that, like that there's real appeal in having that, you know, kind of awareness of how he's doing and, and you, you know, you see it as the path towards independence. Here's something, I've never quite thought about it this way. There's almost an inversion in terms of where it makes sense to supervise the most, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, let the middle schoolers work it out. Like let the middle schoolers, you know, make mistakes and let the middle schoolers get bad grades because then you can have good conversations about what happened. And I'm also saying, and I'm, I'm questioning this as I'm thinking it through, but when they're in high school, now it's showtime, so you might want to keep a closer eye, or parents often feel compelled to keep a closer eye. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to think developmentally where I'm saying, essentially, it's often the case where it's not a big deal when they're younger, but as they get older, we actually clamp down further or we supervise them more, which makes no sense from exactly the perspective you're describing of wanting to foster ongoing independence. Mm -hmm. So from your standpoint, what do you think are really the downsides of the online portal? Is it like a parent like me who's just way too into the weeds with their kid that it just creates mass anxiety? I think there's that. I think there's a lot of downsides. Let me just tell you, there's a lot of downsides. And then, you know, there are some upsides, but let's go through the downsides. So first of all, I, as much as you lovingly are attending to your son's day and the various grades that come in, for as your friend, I'm like, oh man, Rena, that's a lot of information to have. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know that, like, I, I think that's a lot of bandwidth that gets taken up with something that's really, you know, not yours mm-hmm. at, a, at some level. So I think there's that. I also think one thing that's really interesting that I have seen is it does get in the way of kids sorting things out themselves a bit because sometimes if a kid has gotten a grade they didn't expect or messed up on a test or, and this is really important, the teacher has made a mistake in the grade, either put in the wrong grade or said that an assignment was missing when it wasn't, and this happens not that rarely. Mm If the kid has access, the kid can say to the teacher, hey, I did turn that in. And the teacher can be like, oh, my gosh, there it is. I found it. And fix it without the parent being the one who's like, wait, why is that assignment missing? Mm -hmm. And then the kid comes home and the parent's like, where was that assignment? And the kid's like, I turned it in. And the parent's like, well, doesn't say so on the portal. And it gets all ugly. Whereas if the parent had been more removed the kid could have sorted it out. And and I will tell you, here's the most painful thing I've ever seen with these portals. So of course kids are kids. And of course there are kids who at points in their development are a little bit sneaky about school. Like they say they've turned something in and then they didn't, or they say they got a better grade than they did. And so then for these kids, of course their parents are like, I'm going to start looking at the portal. Like I'm going to start checking, which makes tons of sense. And for those kids may not be all bad at all. But the most painful thing I've ever seen is that invariably, because they are humans, the teachers make mistakes. Mm. They say something is missing or they do put in a grade that's not their kid's accurate grade. And then the parent who's been monitoring closely because the kid has been dishonest in the past is like, you said you turned everything in and this is missing. And the kid's like, honest to goodness, I did turn it in. And the parent's like, I don't have any reason to believe you. And it's just, it's so painful because Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. there's so much water under the bridge. And so those are times when I've cared for families in that situation where I'm like, 
I know your kid hasn't always been honest with you, but I do need you to really, really be prepared for the fact that teachers being human will make mistakes. Take your kids, you know, word as much as you can, you know, trust but verify on this one, but don't assume your kid's lying if they said they turned it in and it's not in the portal. Mm. All right, Lisa, we're going to pause and take a quick break. And we want to talk sort of about the upsides of online portals, but also what do you do when your kid is comparing grades with their peers? We'll be right back. You're listening to the Ask Lisa podcast. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herbed squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. So I'm really starting to feel it in my mid-40s, just how much stress, hormone fluctuation, and the lack of sleep can really affect the way your skin looks, from dry skin to dark spots and acne. This is why I love One Skin. They can really help. They've got a simple skincare routine that tackles skin issues at the cellular level. I love that this is an all-women team of scientists. One Skin's developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to actually improve the health of your skin beneath the surface. No irritation, no complicated multi-step routine. It's so simple. I really have felt the difference in how my face looks after using this product. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspect of aging. One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today. Try it out with 15% off using the code AskLisa at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with the code AskLisa. And after your purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them the Ask Lisa podcast sent you. I was recently watching an interview of the wife of a world leader, and in the middle of the interview, she reaches over to pull her bra strap up, and I thought, boy, this is something all women everywhere are struggling with. This is why I absolutely love Honey Love. I have the crossover bra, which is just so functional, but it feels so good on. I feel like I've got the support without feeling like I've got this heavy-duty bra on. I've been through all the bras. The elastic wears out, the underwire pinches into your skin, you have to hand wash some, you can only wash in this type of detergent, and I just wanted something that takes out all the fuss and will support me day in and day out. Honey Love's not just supporting women, it's empowering women. So treat yourself to the best bra on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash askalisa. You can use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash askalisa to find your perfect fit. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. We hope you support the show and tell them Askalisa sent you. Honeys, you deserve this. Free the pain and discomfort and keep the support with Honey Love. Welcome back to the Ask Lisa podcast. We are talking about online grades. We talked a little bit about the downsides of it, Lisa, but what are the upsides of, of being able to access grades online? Well, I think there's a couple. 
So one, let's just assume it's the kid alone who's accessing. Let's just start there. Because, you know, parents can access it, but kids can access it. And for some kids, sometimes it's nice to have a very clear picture of where they stand in a class. And so the best use I have seen online portals be put to is when it helps kids actually to be more efficient in their work. Um, And so what I mean here is, especially for very ambitious kids and kids who are feeling a lot of achievement pressure, they can make standards for themselves like, I want all A's this semester. Okay. So the kid wants all A's. And what they can do is they can actually track very closely how they're coming along in each class Hmm. and decide where they need to put their energy because they're like, okay, I have a 99 in biology. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start phoning it in in biology. (laughs) And I have an 84 in, you know, English. I'm going to up my game in English. And so that very kind of close, um, you know, kind of constant data stream on how they're doing at its very best, can help kids to, you know, put their energies where they belong. And I know this may rub some people the wrong way, coast where they can and floor it where they need to. And given how much pressure kids are under, I'm a huge fan of kids knowing when and you know, when they can coast in a class. Mm. That's so interesting. I never thought of encouraging coasting in a class, but I see what you mean. Like you can't and and that's real life, isn't it? You've got to sort of pick and choose your battles. You do. And, and and so I think that can be a real benefit. Another real benefit I've seen, and this was came up in a uh, in a you know in my practice, a kid I was caring for. The kid went to a school where a teacher was actually not doing a good job at all and was assigning a ton of content and not grading it and not posting mm. kids' grades. Like and so kept giving tests without actually giving scores on the previous tests, which is actually not okay. Not okay in high school. Totally. And what was actually pretty wonderful is the online grading portal became an objective data set where the teenager could go to the principal and say, we keep getting assigned tests, but we haven't gotten our test grades back, and was able to open the online portal and show the principal, see, I have no grades. <laughs> and oh so it wow. actually became a mechanism where the principal could deal with it. Accountability, yeah. And it was accountability for the adult. Yeah. Now, this is rare. Most teachers are phenomenal. Most teachers are overwhelmed and doing their very best. But occasionally, there can be an issue with the teacher, and sometimes having this objective measure can be useful, especially when kids are so stressed about so many things and need ways that they can, you know, kind of raise a raise an alarm mm-hmm. around an unnecessary stressor. I want to ask you a little bit also about naturally kids compare grades with their friends. How do you deal with that? This is fascinating to me. This is something I have observed in schools for years where kids will take a test and right away want to know, what'd you get, what'd you get, what'd you get? Mm. And it's a it's a fascinating thing they do. And I've asked them, I'm like, why do you do this? Like, what what's the story here? And I've gotten a few different answers, and I think they're all true. One, and what, first of all, let me just start by saying, like, the best thing about kids is if you just ask them a straight question and they can tell you really want to know the answer and you really aren't, you know, there's nothing further behind it, 
They will give you incredibly honest answers. And so I've had kids say to me, we want to make sure that everybody got the scores they were supposed to get. Like kids have a very clear Mm. sense of the pecking order in a class. And they have a very, it's strange. Like there's a very clear sense of like wanting to know that it sorted itself out the way they believe it should have sorted it out in light of what they understand about the relative intellectual, you know, activity of their peers. And so they're so it's I don't I still don't understand why they need to know this, but they seem to always want to sort of check like, okay, did the kid who we thought was gonna top out, top out? Yeah, did the kid we thought was gonna bring up the, you know, the caboose on this? Okay. Okay. The world is as we expected it to be. So that's super weird. Um, it's interesting. There's also it's super, yeah. I mean, kids are fascinating. I love them. There's also an a, a I mean an element of this that none of us like and and that I think is really worth talking with kids about, which is of kids who are very, very anxious of their grade about their grades, um, wanting to reassure themselves that they're doing well and doing that at the expense of their peers. Oh, right. Wow. And that that piece isn't good, right? Where a kid's like, Oh, and sometimes they'll do it in this way, like, oh my gosh, I got a 97. I totally messed this up. What did you get? And and then their peers are like, no, you did great. I got a 84. You know, and there can be this weird dynamic where under all of this achievement pressure, kids don't always handle themselves well and can lean on their peers to reassure them that they're doing great. It's not my favorite aspect of adolescence, but mm-hmm. I will forgive it in light of how much pressure we put on kids. And so there's that. This is my thing, though. I mean, do we need these systems that emphasize grades over learning? It's creating so much anxiety. Like, when are we going to rethink education in America? Do we have to put them through this? That is the billion dollar question, Rena, right? I mean, it's so interesting because so many of the adults around teenagers will say, it's not about the grades. It's about learning. It's about mastery. Yeah. It's about finding your passion. And then in the same breath, we, and I will put myself right in this category, are like, you're going to need some pretty good grades to get into the colleges you're talking about, right? And so we need to know what happened, you know, at 2.04 yesterday and, you know, 10.17 this morning. And that um, mixed message and actually contradictory message, teenagers are like, this is baloney, you guys. Like, you are saying two very different things to us simultaneously. And- when teenagers complain about that, they are a hundred percent right. They are a hundred percent right. Oh, it just really bothers me. I just think there's so much pressure about colleges and that all of this pressure and testing. And I was never a good test taker. To this day, I'm not a good test taker. And there's so much that people extract from these tests that I don't know. I, I just wish we could rethink this system in a way, not to pander, but that we that that plays to the strengths of kids and helps build them up instead of tear them down. Okay. I totally agree. So this, it's interesting because the topic about online grades and the incredible letter we got really does open that conversation up in a family, right? Really does open it up. And what I wonder, Rena, like if we're stepping way, way back, which I think is really warranted, and we think about, okay, so you're a parent the school has said, you have access to this online grade portal. You can, you know, down to the nanosecond, know exactly how your kid is doing. Um, 
I think that when parents get that email from the school or get that sign up from the school, I think what we're getting to as we think this through together is that is a high time to sit down with your kid and talk about what the priorities are, mm. what you, what as a parent you want in terms of that kid's grades, what the kid wants in terms of grades, a very deep conversation about who's responsible for the kid's grades, a very deep conversation about what should happen if the kid is not doing their part to meet either their goals or the parent's goals or some agreed upon set of goals. But what I, I do think is probably the best possible use of an online portal system is that it becomes a catalyst for all of these critically important conversations in families. See, this is what it always comes down to. I feel that you in every podcast somehow, you've got to have these conversations early and often. And I didn't think that online grading was an issue until this dad's email came in her inbox and realizing that you got to talk to them because it's unfair to be on their backs every time you get these grades and creating anxiety and stress for, for the parent and your child. Yeah, I think it's unfair to everybody. I think it's unfair to the kid. I think it's unfair to the parent to have, you know, that sense that they are responsible for the moment to moment of their kid's education. I think it's actually really hard on schools. I mean, can you imagine how demanding it is for teachers to have to stay on top of this, knowing that they're going to get, you know, a kid or a parent asking if they, you know, my kid took that test two days ago. Where are the yeah. scores? You know, I mean, like, exactly. it's teachers don't always love these things either. Like it's too much information or, you know, and I think especially you, you raised the question of like learning versus grades. So often what teachers are trying to show kids is how to do work in my class and how to do tests on this topic. And it is almost always the case that over time kids improve, that usually, you know, the first test in any new subject with any new teacher is kind of a curveball for kids. They then learn how to manage that and then they improve over time. And so a lot of these really wise teachers have a very kind of semester-long view of the grade. They are completely at ease with the idea that kids will start the semester with lower grades and that it will all come out in the end to a pretty fair assessment of what that kid did over the entire semester. But that any, you know, week-long or day-long snapshot of the kid's performance is not a good mm. measure of their overall learning and mastery for the semester. I mean, teachers know this. They are smart people. And so for them, too, they're like, man, you know, I'd love to give a hard quiz just so kids knew what they didn't know. But if I get a, give a hard quiz and then the grades get posted, I mean, this sometimes happens, Rena. There are parents who will see a kid's grade before the kid sees it and text the kid at school about oh, it. Oh, gosh, that might be me. I've got to stop. Okay, don't. Rena, I'm just going to tell you right now, don't. never do that. Never do that. Well, he doesn't have a phone, you know, as, as everyone, listeners of the podcast know. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, I want to be a good parent. But I just am learning so much in this process of dealing with online grades for the first time. Um, so big picture, Lisa. What do you think parents need to keep in mind? What really matters as you're helping take the training wheels off and making them independent, not breathing down, but still hovering over a bit? Yeah. So I think the number one on this is know your kid, like really know your kid. And Rena, I happen just by really luck of the draw to get two kids who are very strong at executive functioning. Mm. And so I happen to have been in the position where I could say to them, they're your grades. I'm not looking because they're not my grades. 
And we'll see at the semester how you're doing. And, you know, for my middle schooler, I'm like, you know, if there's an issue, we'll deal with it at the semester. For my high schooler, I was like, you want your grades more than I want. You know, you want higher grades than I want you to get. So I'm not really worried about this. So that was an enormous luxury that I have as a parent. And I know it's a luxury. So I don't want any parent to think whatever works in your home is going to work in every home because I have taken care of a lot of kids across a lot of different domains. And I know there's no one right answer. There are also kids who can, you know, they're the you know, wonderful, wonderful kids, their executive functioning is has a lot of room to grow, as we would say. <laughs> and they do need a lot of outside support around managing things. Yeah. And so if that's your kid, I would say, here's what we're going to do. On Fridays, or maybe so as not to ruin the weekend, on Wednesday nights, you and I will hop on the computer and we will look at your grades together and you mm. will tell me where things are. And if stuff is missing, you will tell me if it's really missing or if the teacher just didn't put it in yet. And then I will give you Thursday and Friday to sort it out with the teacher and see if you can get that fixed. But that it's done together, that it's done as part of helping that child develop executive functioning skills, and that it's done again with the full awareness that these are the kids' grades. They belong to the child. And if the child doesn't feel that way, they're not going to take them seriously. Mm. So what I would say is the big picture is know your kid and then do as little as possible in light of who your kid is and as much as possible to let them take over ownership of the learning and their grades and the executive functioning that's required to do school. Wow. This is going to be hard. And I can't bring myself to uncheck that box of not being pinged every time. But let's check back in in a few months at the end of the semester and see where oh, things I love do. how honest you are. And I think you <gasps> speak for so be. many parents. You speak for so many parents, right? Like, we just love our kids and we don't want to feel like we didn't yes. do something we should have been doing. That's it. That is exactly it. So what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? One thing that comes up around grades a lot when I hear from kids about it and I ask kids what they wish their parents knew is they really don't want to be compared to anyone else. And so to just extend that idea a little further, that these are your kids' grades, what I would say to parents is watch for any moment where you might be comparing your kid to a sibling or comparing your kid to a cousin or you know some other kid you're aware of. It is always well-meaning when parents do this, but I can tell you that I've heard over the years that that's another way that grades can become unnecessarily painful for kids. So what I would say is if you find yourself doing this as a parent or tempted to do it, think about what you're aiming for, which is usually trying to encourage your kid and see if there's another way you can go. And the way I would suggest considering is asking what your kid wants for themselves, which is usually to do well and then asking how you can help them get there. Mm, That's really good. I'm going to use that one for sure. And next week, we're going to talk about how you can help a clingy teen who might not like going to school. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. 
www.thrivingcreativeproject.com. We'll see you next week.